Welcome to the G-Squared Podcast, brought to you by G-Squared Professional Training and Coaching and Anchor.com. Every episode, we'll tackle a specific topic on anything and everything professional development. We will feature a guest on every episode and get into in-depth discussions that you will not want to miss. And, you know, I took it as a grain of salt. I was like, that's not how it is. You know, how bad can it get? It's just a conference. What am I going to get out of it? To be honest, I went to this conference for the trip. It was Seattle. It was financially feasible. I was like, why not? New group of people, make some new friends. And little did I know that it would change everything. It would change the game. I remember you came to the Norfolk Grumman booth. And you went to my line. And I remember you had this enthusiastic look on your face about that. This guy's gonna hook me up. This guy's gonna get me that job. All right, everybody, welcome back to our next episode on the G-Squared Podcast. It's me, Andres, again. And um, before we talk about this subject uh, for this episode, I want to thank all of you once again for helping us reach 500 listens on our podcast. So thanks to you guys. We hit a pretty big milestone, and hopefully we'll continue to provide you great content and more reasons for you to come by and listen. So um, it's about a week before Thanksgiving and it's about a week after the Shep National Convention. And if you've, if you've been listening to the last few episodes, we've been talking strictly conference prep, conference um, insights, advice. But what I wanted to do in this episode is bring in someone that has actually experienced what it is to not do so well at these events and how it is to do really well at these events. Um, and as I mentioned in our season two, uh, kind of a little bit of a teaser a while back, I wanted to diversify our, our uh, the guests that we brought into the podcast. And one of the things I said was I wanted to bring a lot of students involved to get their perspective. So that's exactly what I'm doing today. So I have a good friend of mine, Carlos. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. <laughs> so Carlos is a person that I've met, I think, two years ago. Are we going into two or three years? Going into three years. Three years, yeah. Um, and I remember this guy who, uh, when he went to his first conference... I'm not gonna lie. It was rough. Well, it was rough. It wasn't the best, <laughs> the best thing I saw. But fortunately, with with years of of practicing, preparation, advice from who knows who, um, you did pretty well this last weekend at the national conference. It right? was definitely a a learning curve to say the least. Just time management, just dealing with all of it. It was just it was an experience I wasn't expecting. Just because I've been so used to kind of seeing the downside of not getting experience, not getting offers, not getting opportunity, that this year it was just a big slap in the face of, okay, this is what it's supposed to be like. This is what it really is. Nice. Nice. So that's exactly why we brought you in here, man, because we wanted to talk to you and let the audience know the things that didn't go well the first time, the things that you did to help change that, and then now what did you do to get better? So before we get into that, let them know who you are, what's your background, what are you studying, all that stuff. So my name is Carlos Arboleda. I'm currently studying industrial engineering with a minor in sociology. Uh, I was originally born in Medellin, Colombia, and I've been in Orlando since I was about three years old. I'm currently in my fourth year at UCF, and have about two more years left, and I'm excited. I'm currently the internal vice president for Shep UCF. In prior years, I've been the mentoring director as well as the communications chair. So it is one of those experiences where I've kind of gone down the leadership route, more so the project route, with respect to my resume. And I have had some, tes- some hesitations about it, especially being in conference and kind of being put in a situation where 
you know, you don't have the projects, but what I can say is I do have the leadership. Um, so that is one way to help kind of, that I've helped diversify myself is gone from the more technical route to the more people oriented. Let me show you what I can do route. Nice. Um, so yeah, this episode, like I, I, what I'm calling the reflection is when we look back to your, your prior, your prior self and your now self. So Carlos, um, like I said, I've known you for a few years now and I know that you've been, um, you know, honesty back and forth of, of like kind of the direction you've always wanted to go career wise, uh, a little bit personally wise and how you wanted to, to improve yourself. Um, and before we get into the leadership stuff, let's go strictly into career wise. So initially, what was your intention um, going into your, the first conference you went to? So my intention initially was I was a sophomore in college studying aerospace engineering and I was all for, you know what, I want to go into aviation, I want to go into aerospace. And it was just, it made sense to go as an aerospace major. Um, I had joined SHEP that September, and I was at my first national conference two months later. Um, I will attest to being unaware of the magnitude of what these conferences are. A lot of people kind of preach it. A lot of people say that, you know, it's big, you're going to be overwhelmed, you're going to be tired, you're going to be exhausted. And, you know, I took it as a grain of salt. I was like, that's not how it is. You know, how bad can it get? It's just a conference. What am I going to get out of it? To be honest, I went to this conference for the trip. It was Seattle. It was financially feasible. I was like, why not? New group of people, make some new friends. And little did I know that it would change everything. It would change the game. I remember you came to the Northrop Grumman booth. And you went to my line. And I remember you had this enthusiastic look on your face about like this guy's gonna hook me up this guy's gonna get me that job and then in offense and you know i'm honest is i saw your resume and i was like right i see the the personality wanting to get it but you weren't just quite there yeah um what was the experience of you now go being at this conference talking to these companies and obviously possibly getting a little bit of rejection how did you start realizing how important these events actually were, the prep involved that needed to be done, what was that kind of experience? So my biggest um, slap in the face in that respect was not having a success story coming back. I kind of realized that, you know, what did I do wrong in that in that sense? Um, a lot of all my friends were coming back with interviews, they were landing interviews left and right. It seemed easy. They made it look easy. They made it look like just anybody could do it. So coming back from Seattle, and even coming back from Kansas City last year, I was just kind of in the mindset of, you know, what is it that I'm doing wrong? Like, what is it about me that's not taking me to the next level? Um, was it personality? Was it the resume? Was it my overselling myself? Was it my underselling myself? And it was one of those things where, regardless of the outcome, I will say having a support system there is the most important aspect of these conferences because they're the ones that pick you up after you after you fall. You know, when you when you're bombarded by rejection, you're bombarded by disappointment, you're bombarded by you know, not exceeding to the point or standard that you held yourself to. Having that support system there whether it's friends, whether it's family, whether it's the familia um, is crucial. Mm-hmm. So then coming back and I've been there. So I I've, I've I've been they've heard my story already. So it's like get back you didn't get jack your friends are all like i got something i got an offer come in i got my interviews all that stuff 
you're kind of like, well, I suck, so I didn't get anything. So having come back and having your support system, like you said, you know, now tying it into the leadership stuff, what was the stuff that you did to kind of, right, now I kind of know what people are saying. I've done the workshops, and I've had people come and talk to me and get mentor advice. What did you, What was your next steps? Like, what did you go after to say, all right, time to get something? So comparing my first resume to the one I have now, it's... It's like looking at a five-year-old turning 50. <laughs> it's nice. It's gone exponentially more broad in experience. Um, the reason why I chose the leadership route over the project route was because I myself, I'm an individual who, I enjoy the people aspect of it more than the technical aspect of it. And for me, it just made sense to go the leadership route and kind of just getting involved in CHEP. And very early on, I saw the value that this organization has not only individually but as a cohesive unit just because when I came to my first meeting it was actually a meeting you were guest speaking on and that was the first time I ever saw you and I saw everybody being kind of buddy buddy with Andres kind of like oh what's up how are you long time no see and I was kind of like oh I mean he's a professional I mean it's it's weird that everyone's so buddy buddy Mm -hmm. it's weird that everyone's so willing to talk to each other and the reason why I kind of saw that as a gateway into leadership was that I myself was very introverted. I mean, when you met me, I I hated talking to people. I hated <laughs> I reaching out. I hated, I was yeah. reclusive. I was introverted. And it was my way to push myself out of my comfort zone. I will say that was the key selling point for me at this conference was selling the extent to which I'm willing to put myself out of my comfort zone and kind of putting myself in situations in which I need to adapt to, kind of need to... Uh, be versatile, be open to open to changing, open to being challenged, open to kind of, if it's not going the way you want it to go, then change it up. Yeah, and I learned that too was like, um, I would see people like you, like at, a, at an event and people would talk to them and be so friendly and I'm like, well, that's kind of, that's new. That's, I wasn't expecting that. And I guess I adapted that, you know what? I, I got nothing to offer except me. It's like, I'm just going to be myself, and if people like it, awesome. And hopefully, luckily, hopefully, since then, it's kind of worked. So, so cool. I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know that was, that was the first time. What, what meeting was that? It was it was a general body meeting. You kind of just came up. It was, it's the first time I ever heard your, your GPA story. So that, and it had to be the first time I spoke it, which was before the Seattle yeah. conference. Yeah. It was the very first time I actually told that story. And I was like, oh, is this going to work? And it worked. I mean, I've heard it like 20 times. I know you have. So sorry. <laughs> Um, so that's cool so yeah you started realizing um, that there was a lot more than just doing your grades and you started doing your projects it was a little bit more to that um, now so let's say if if for the people that are, are not into the leadership thing they're into that project stuff um, what do you suggest to those guys that are just project based because from a recruiting standpoint that's a big plus you know you might not have the internship experience but if you have projects that kind of show us a little bit about your major it's a plus um but not what you're saying for your sake and it happened to me too is we went the leadership route and it kind of helped us get to that role too so what do you suggest to those guys who are more project oriented and all that to those that are more project oriented i say play to your key assets i mean if you're more technically oriented stick to it um broaden your versatility and experience you know if you're aerospace and you're only doing aerospace clubs, aerospace projects, change it up a bit. You know, join the automotive club, join a volunteering club, join an arts club, 
do a project where you set yourself apart because when you go to these conferences one of the biggest things that I have trouble doing is how am I different than the other 7,499 people that are there mm -hmm. because at the end of the day everyone's there everyone's has the experience they have the projects they have the grades and to those that are more project oriented I say if you're going to do projects own them own the skills own what it takes own being able to describe and show what it is that you did on this project because it's key that you're a team player but it's also key to show your individuality within mm -hmm. these groups mm -hmm. because oftentimes the voice and what you've done goes from I, 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 me, 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 to we, 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 we did this, we did that, this was our outcome, where they really want to see what did you do, what did, what was it about you, um, and that was, that was a big shocker for me is going from me, someone being very humble to kind of being, all right, now I kind of be, now I got to be a little bit self-centered, like, now it's all about me, um, so if you do decide to go the project route, there's nothing wrong with that but make sure that you're aware of what it is that you're getting out of these projects because that's what you have to showcase. Exactly. And another thing with that is too is, is you know, be careful of it coming off as you're about you, 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 like you just said. Um, you just got to have to find that balance. And the thing that I'm, I'm hoping people are starting to realize that, and I know you have after all these years, is there is not one way of finding a job. There's just, you got to find your own way, as generic as that sounds. And I mentored about four people this particular conference leading up to um, the event. And um, a majority of them were all like, but how do I do that? I'm like, listen, I can give you the tips, I can give you the, the tricks, but it's, I'm gonna end up being up to you, how you stand in the line and prepare whatever it is that you need to say to convince these people to hire you. And the one thing that I've always said to them is like, you gotta show them a version of you that you wanna be, right? Like. Who do you want to be in five years? Who do you want to be in 10 years? Do you want to be the person that people want to talk to and like you and all that stuff? Be that person. Pretend to be that person. Stay the truth about what you've done. Sell yourself in that way. Because if they get an insight of who that person can be, then you're winning, right? And people start talking to you more and they start giving you the interviews, which is what we're going to lead to now is, you know, was it November 10th or whatever date it was of this year you went? And you owned it, man. I'm, I'm giving you the credit. You, I mean, I texted you a few times, see how you were doing, and you would respond with pictures of of offer letters, and I was like, this guy, man, right? what's 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 going on here? Um, so, before we get into the actual event, what was that initial prep that you did that you know led to all the success recently? So I would say um, one of the big things was kind of changing my major. So I was originally. Aerospace, when I started at UCF, I switched to mechanical. And a couple of weeks ago, I was, I made the official switch to industrial. And the reason for that was, I was on the fence about it for a couple of years, and it wasn't a decision I took lightly, but at the end of the day, it just, it was better suited for me and my personality. Mm. So something that I feel led to my success um, wasn't something that you just learn overnight. You know, it took, going to four of these conferences, uh, two prior nationals and HENAC, and this past one being my fourth one, uh, to kind of just know what, kind of figure myself out. You know, it's not something that everyone can do on the spot. It's not something everyone can do uh, in a week, in a month, in a year. I mean, it takes time finding yourself. So for those of you guys that are kind of hesitant about why would I go back to conferences? Why would I go back to do this? It takes time to figure yourself out. 
You know, it takes time figuring out what you're good at, what you're not good at, and kind of see, okay, what is it, what is it about me that I can keep true to myself, but also change to improve my potential opportunity. So if whatever you're comfortable with talking about, how, how well did you do? So my first nationals, I got jack squat. <laughs> um, but I would say I got the experience of a lifetime. Um, my second conference was HENAC in Pasadena last year. Again, it was a conference where rather than go the typical conference, workshop, hospitality suite, I went into College Bowl. It was definitely an experience. Um, it's not for everybody. <laughs> and it's, it's something where I did it once and you know, I found out that that wasn't for me. Uh, then following that conference was Nationals in Kansas City. And again, it was a conference where I thought I was prepared. I had done all the workshops, all the events that Shep provided and still nothing. Uh, day one, no interview. Day two, no interview. Day three, it was the career fair. The career fair where everyone says, if you didn't get an interview on this career fair, by this career fair, you're not gonna get an interview. So I was bummed, I was kind of down about it. You know, it's I've spent a lot of money on these conferences. What am I doing? Like, why do I keep coming back? And I landed my first interview at conference from Cummins. And this was at the actual career fair. And it was one of those things where I was, I was ecstatic. I was, you know, it's, I was that one guy, I was that miracle who got the interview at, at the career fair. And I go to this interview and five minutes in, I bomb it. I know mm. I'm not gonna get it. I wasn't the one for the job um, just because Cummins was a very technical company and I didn't have the technical background for that specific position. Right. And it's one of those things where you know, you, you know when you mess up and you know. So having come out of that interview, yeah, I was ecstatic about having gotten it, but I was also pretty bummed about, you know, knowing it wasn't gonna lead to anything. So since that conference, I kind of um, explored other opportunities through my university, um, joining the Lockheed program, uh, the Lockheed Martin College Work Experience program, and using that experience within the industry, I feel helped boost me a lot at conference in the sense of companies can see that you know, it's, they kind of know what they're doing. You know, these companies took a risk on this kid and so far he's still working there. He hasn't gotten fired. Um, so that with having changed my major to a major that was more comfortable, more a major that I could relate to, um, two days, three days going, three days prior to conference, I had one interview lined up. Uh, two days prior, I had five in total. <laughs> um, I did get, I got interview number six at one of the Boeing hospitality suites that I was not expecting. You know, I went through yeah, it, I thought I bombed the suite, and then I got the call at 11.30 that night saying, you have an interview, and last day it was all day seven. Much, yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> that was that Thursday of conference. Uh, Friday I had, it was exhausting, you know, it was six interviews back to back. Don't recommend it to anybody having six interviews back to back. Plan it out, yeah. Plan it out. Um, don't leave the company you want to the very last. That is, that's a mistake I made this past conference and I kind of realized I could have done better was um, make sure that you have who you want in the middle when you've had the practice and you're not get exhausted. 
Um, and then day seven, it was another situation in which I got an interview at the career fair. Um, uh, this last one with GE Aviation. So it was a total of seven interviews, and I did get an offer on the spot from one of my interviews. And it was just, it's been a big 360. You know, it's been going from nothing two years ago to all of a sudden, I'm one of the, um, I'm one of the success stories. Yeah, man. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. It's different. It's now, not something you're used to. Now you're concerned of offer letters and, and what do I do now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, I have one, but do I wait for the others? Do I accept it? Like, it's, it's one of those situations where it's, it's definitely been a huge learning curve. Just because I went into this conference expecting it to be just like all the other, all the rest, you know, I got into that that mindset where it's all right. I'm kind of just going for the trip, kind of just going to meet new people, network. But this was the one that changed the game. Mm-hmm. You know, this was the one where I saw how big these events are, what conference can do for you. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm really happy to hear that, and and that's why when you were telling me you had interview after interview and you had the offer and whatever it is that you were doing. I was like obviously proud because I've known you since like day one and then seeing that that progression is always an amazing thing for me who's I've been doing this for a while now so I've, it's always nice to see that that change especially when initially like like you'd be like oh pessimistic and like oh you know I'm is like, this for me like yeah. is this what I want to do <laughs> go work at McDonald's like, no, no 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 stick to it man you just gotta you gotta find your way and look it's working out for you now so what I want to know is you know, and, and before I get to it, you mentioned something about offers that um, sparked an idea. So for next episode, um, we're bringing Goose back and we're, he's going to be actually here in town and we're going to actually talk about the process of actually accepting an offer. Because, you and I just finished talking about this before the, we started recording, was you get the offer, you're excited, you're like, yes, I finally got something after who knows how long, whatever. I'm going to accept it right away. But the thing is, is that you might need to be careful because you need to know exactly what you're getting yourself into. How long is the commitment? Um, is it going to delay my graduation? Am I going to get paid the right amount of money? There's a lot of factors that, that understandably so people tend to overlook. So we'll say that for the next conversation. But I do want to tease it by asking you this question. Um, obviously, you don't have to talk about details because it's, it's your business. But now that you have this potential offer... um. What are now your, your your train of thought in the possibility of, of now finally going somewhere else and, and doing all these things? As, as an individual, not the technicalities, but as an individual, how are you feeling? What are your anticipations of all this? Honestly, I'm kind of just on cloud nine at the moment. You know, it's <laughs> one of those things where I finally have the opportunity for that experience that everyone always talks about. Now, everybody, I'm sure you guys have experienced this where it's, it's August, everyone's come back from the internships, everyone's come back talking about it, talking about how great their time was, sharing pictures, experiences, kind of thoughts of, you know, I like this, I didn't like that, you know, I want to take my career this route, not that route. So I'm definitely excited to kind of see what it is that, how my how my plan's going to change. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, how does in, how does this industry differ from the one I'm currently in? You know, it's my opportunity to see what's different, what's the same, what can be better, and and see, do I like where I'm at? You know, do I like this industry? Is this industry what I thought it was? Um, because for me, it's it's very easy to say that you want to go into industry X instead of industry Y. Mm-hmm. But then you got to 
kind of ask yourself, do you really know? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm very fortunate to have the opportunity this year to kind of put my feet and dip my toes into an industry that, um, that I want to get into, uh, it being aviation. And now I'm excited to, and a little, little scared that, you know, what if it's not what I thought it is? Well, what if it's not what I want it to be? Then it's kind of, you know, back to square one of now what, now where do I go? Right. But technicalities aside, I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. And it's one of those things where it's, it's my first opportunity to kind of leave the nest, leave what it is I'm accustomed to, you know, mm-hmm. being in Orlando last 19 years, being at UCF last four, um, it's, it's definitely a game changer. You know, yeah. it's a new city, a new town, a new industry, a new position, new people, new environment, new culture. And it's, and I'm excited to figure it out. Well, as in, as, as every person I've told is your, your internships, as much as it's about experience and gaining and broadening your knowledge, it is also a test for you to see, like you just said, am I in the right direction? Maybe I need to find something else that interests me. And it's it's perfectly fine to be scared about that, but you should also see it as an opportunity. Like right now, like you just said, now it's time for me to finally get in there and see okay, what is this all about? Where am I going to go? End up going because it's very easy to say I'm going to go first offer whatever it is I'm going to take it, I'm going to go. Then you get the offer and it's kind of like oh, like am I calling my own bluff? Like am I am I really ready to go? Am I ready yeah. to take the next step? Because yeah. it's one thing to talk to talk, but when you actually have it in front of you, it's kind of like. Is this what I wanted? No, is this the well, is this the actual direction I wanted to go into? Well, speaking on that, like the first offer I ever got for an internship, out in, you know, you know, I'm an open guy, so I remember I got it stepping out of the shower, I had the phone call saying we want to offer you, so we're going to be sending you the the offer letter in the, in the email in a short in a little bit. I was like, I was like, man, I got the internship. This is amazing. Let me get my let me get some clothes on. This is going to be great. But then when I finally got the letter, an email and reading the details, it said. No location. It was in California, and I'm here in Orlando, and that was it. I mean, I had a good amount of pay, but then there was the whole issue of like, I'm a poor college student here in Orlando, barely making rent and food, to now having to find a way to transfer everything I know and drive out there in my 2001 Nissan Hyundai, Honda uh, Altima, sorry. And you don't know anybody. You I don't know anybody. I don't no know the friends, process. Nothing. I've only been to California for a conference. Like, what do I do? And that's a story that we're going to save for next time. Because that's actually a really long story. I ended up homeless for a weekend. It was a thing. Anyway, so... What I'm trying to say is... Get ready. <laughs> no, but but like I said, just just to kind of sum it up. Um, I'm I'm hoping that from your first time to your now you were able to uh, see the things that you needed to do for yourself, whether it's that you... And the thing I always want to tell people is you don't have to know 100% what you need to get into or what you want to get into. Um, you, like you said, you went from aerospace to mechanical to industrial. You finally found something that really felt, okay, I think I can do this, and you owned it. Like, you went there, and that's exactly what happened to me, and I think I told you the story. I was an electrical engineer... I wasn't feeling it. I got zipped. The first semester I turned into industrial engineering and I was owning it, I got my first internship. It's just something about 
it comes off, man. When you talk to somebody, it just comes off that you're into what you're, you're studying. You're into what you potentially want to get into, right? And that's the thing. If you're not into it yourself, if you're doing it for someone else or if you're doing it for what you think people want you to do, it's kind of... At what point are you doing it for yourself and at what point are you doing it for someone else? Exactly. And going full circle from first conference to now, it's... It's a testament to how far it is you're willing to go to push your own boundaries, to push what it is that you see as failure and what you see as success. Mm-hmm. I would say that was one of my toughest things to get over. I mean, I've talked with you about it, kind of, you know, is engineering for me? Is this what I want to do? You know, I've been rejected so many times. You know, what is it that I'm doing wrong? Is it me? Is it my personality? Is it the resume? And at this moment right now, I'm seeing and telling myself that you know, what if you hadn't gone back? You know, what if you hadn't kept pushing? What if you hadn't stuck to your drive to be an engineer? Mm-hmm. So, to those of you listening, I would say, when faced with constant rejection, don't lose sight of what drove you to this field. Because what I've realized through my mentoring process, through being a mentee, through being, you know, a broke college student trying to find a job is, it takes more no's than yeses to derail someone. Mm-hmm. All it takes is that one yes to show you that you're on the you're on the path that you're supposed to be on. So, I mean, that's a testament to you on this as well as being there for all the, the venting, the ranting oh, of, you know, am I doing this right? What is it? Like, what can I do better? Um, to kind of, now it's like, okay. Like, I'm glad I didn't give this up. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, uh, I'm a humble guy, so I try not to take the credit, but I'll take the credit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but, like, I always tell people, as much as advice I give you is because I was there. Like, we just talked about this. I was there, the exact same role you were in, and now you're starting to see what I've been telling you for the last few years is you just got to find your t- your moment will come. Yeah, It just takes that one yes, and that sounded a lot familiar to something I used to say to you. So, <laughs> um, it just it's just about finding your path, man. It really is. And, again... Just to sum it up, because now we're, we're, we're coming up to the 30-minute mark, but um, I'm proud of you, man. Um, congrats. You. I'm, I'm very happy. <laughs> of course, man. But it's, it's I've seen you from beginning to end, man. and, and Not end, but at, at, to this point, you're like, you're, you've done a big 360, man. And it's it's uh, I feel the pride, not for me, because you know, I could give advice, whatever, but it's up to you to act on it. And you found your own thing, and and, I'm, and I know for a fact you didn't listen to everything I've ever said to you. There's times where you've done your own thing, and it, it worked yeah. out, right? That's the thing. I don't expect people to listen to everyone's advice. It's just up to you to take all that and find your own way of doing things. And you did, and that's a full testament to you, man. So that's why I wanted to bring you on. I wanted to have your success story out there for people that were like you and me back in the day who maybe right now they didn't do too well, and they're now like, what do I do now? It's going to be okay. It really is going to be okay. But you just got to put in the time and effort to prepare and find your stuff, man. Find what you need to do to, to, to improve yourself. It takes picking yourself up. I mean, it's good to be, like, be sad about it. Like, own up to it. Like, let yourself go through it. But don't let it be permanent. Mm-hmm. You know, let yourself go through that grief, that testament of, oh, I'm bombed. I'm sad about it. But pick yourself back up. You know, it's the holidays. It's always a nice, fresh recharge coming back for the spring and there's opportunity everywhere. It's mm-hmm. um, I'm very fortunate to be at a school that offers a lot of opportunity. Um, and to those who may not be at these kind of these types of schools, it's still there. All it takes is 
going on a limb and as cliche as it is, applying online. Yeah, yeah, and it is. It's that's how, that's as easy as it is. Yeah, I mean, it is. it's it's all I can really say to anybody listening that didn't get or didn't have a conference that they wanted is tomorrow's a new day. You know, built on build on your experiences, built on on your failures, and see your failures not as failures but as successes. Because as long as you don't make the same mistake twice or three times or four times or five times. Then it's a ma- then it's still a measure of success because it means mm-hmm. that you're changing what you're doing. You're improving, yeah. Um, personally, I mean, I've made the same mistakes countless times. I'm sure, you can you can attest oh, to that. God, I don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's a matter of at what point do you see yourself? And at what point do you look at yourself and say, "What needs to change?" Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it was. It might have been as simple as my major. It might have been as simple as looking elsewhere into different opportunities, different industries. Mm-hmm. For someone else, it can be as easy as, you know, if I don't smile, I can smile more. It can be as easy as talking more, laughing more, making new, making friends, building connections. Um, I will say that's another testament to these conferences is the network that you build. To every conference I've been to, I see someone from Seattle. And it's, it's an experience seeing how far you've developed not only as a person, but through the lens of someone who's own, who saw you a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not someone who's seen you every day. It's not someone, it's not mom and dad. It's not best friend. It's not boyfriend, girlfriend. It's it's someone that saw you a year ago who saw you in a low moment or a moment of euphoria. And now it's kind of them saying, all right, how have you changed? Tell me, what's happened? What's gone on? You know, tell me something new. Well, what happened? How was your experience? Did you get something? Did you not get something? You know, and it's and it's always good to say, I'm glad I saw you again. I'm glad to reconnect at conference and here's to next year. Mm-hmm. And every year that I go to conferences, it's every year it's it's a new connection, whether it's one, whether it's multiple. And every year you go back, it's you see these people again and you introduce them to your friends, they introduce you to their friends, and it's at the end of the day you're more connected than you thought you were. I mean, currently, I mean, my biggest my biggest personal success was getting more than five hundred connections on LinkedIn, and that happened at conference. You know, it's, I never thought I'd get to five hundred connections. Um, just giving myself a little shout out there, but yeah, I mean, it's it's little things like that that push you to just keep striving for it because it's not easy. If it was easy, everyone could do it. Yeah, and at the end of the day, it's when you kind of when you reap the reward of now it's. Now I see what it truly is like. It's worth it. Now it's worth every dime to go to these to these events. Yeah. Amen, dude. Well, that kind of pretty much sums up this experience, I guess. No, I mean, like I said, you did good, man. I'm very, very proud of you. So, um, I guess we'll end it on that. Uh, hopefully, we can bring you back in the future for any potential conversations. Yeah. Uh, I do have some things in the pipeline that I'd like to get you involved in. But anyway, before that happens, so like I said, guys, next next episode, we're going to have Goose back to talk about um, kind of really what do you do after conference now and kind of share a lot more stories about things that we got into because we weren't as prepared as we would have liked to have been. Um, but again, thank you guys all for listening. Thank you guys for helping us get to 500 again. It's definitely a proud moment for us as well. And um, please subscribe. Uh, I keep forgetting to say this, but please rate us on these whatever platform you're using us because it helps us 
get more exposure. So if you want to like us and you want to support us, keep doing that. And until next time, see you later.